this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Anchor. If you don't know what Anchor is and you're thinking about starting a podcast, you should probably find out what Anchor is because Anchor is a free way to host your podcasts. It also gives you creation tools like the ability to record yourself, record with other people, edit as well, and do it from your phone or your computer. You don't need to go buy fancy tools to start. You can start with Anchor. And you can hit the nice distribute button, and it's going to send it out to all the places you want it to be, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and more. In addition to that, you can make money from your podcast with no basic listenership. In other words, if you only have 10 people because you're just starting, you can still monetize that. It's really hard to find a better place to start. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started on the crazy podcast journey. in the middle of the weirdest breakup in the history of mankind it's the it's a slow roll and it's and it's there's a brutality to it that's hard to describe well i mean apparently though my version of what i'm doing is probably at least in my mind it's like the best version of it i've ever seen but it's still like it's it's always hard on somebody right and i I get the sense that it's hard on her and it's hard on me, but neither of us want to let that on. You know what I mean? Because we yeah. still have so much stuff we need to do. Like it can't be a clean break because of how our lives are set up. Um, so it's not like she can just like pick up and leave tomorrow. You know what I mean? Right. Are we talking about this on the show or is this just us talking? We might as well just talk about it on the show. Fuck it. So we're going to leave that part in? Sure. Why not? Okay. Well, it's up to you. <laughs> well, I... I'm 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 in this new phase of my life where I want I want to be as honest about all of the things that I experience as possible and this one's one of those it's it there's such I think there's a useful brutality in it um you know because it, in my estimation I think I'm doing it right but obviously doing it right has its own price um and that's and that's something I kind of want to get across All right so let's uh Let's go through our our warm up, you know, and let's get into that stuff. Let's 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 really get deeper into that when we're actually warmed up at the end of the show. Sure. Okay. I think it, I think it fits there. Um, I don't know. Like I think I feel like we burn ourselves out on this stuff early. So let's talk about ridiculous shit first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, my my list is pretty dense anyway. So I mean, the, the warm up is going to be. It's less brutal than this stuff, but it's still it's still it's difficult in its own way too. God, what am what's wrong with me? Yeah, I looked at yours. I'm like, whoa, heavy, heavy, heavy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's let's roll into some of your shit, Chad. Your your stuff is definitely not as heavy as mine is. Well, let's do do our follow ups first. Um, how'd writing the song go? Oh man, it is. I'm not entirely done with it yet, but I got pretty close. Um. And as one would expect, it's like the saddest thing I've ever attempted to do. 
Um, and it's even hard for me to read the lyrics. <laughs> that's a good time to, to do those though. You know, like that's a good, take that energy and channel it into something. Yeah. And so, I mean, at some point, I think I may, throughout the course of the show, I may read some of the lyrics at some point. Um, you know, I don't have the wherewithal to perform the song on the show. That's a little, that's a little ambitious, um, but I can... We could I play don't. a recording though, when you get to a point where you're pleased with it. Yeah, I got to figure out, I'm actually pretty damn pleased with it. Um, the problem is I just don't have a way to record it at the moment. So I got to mm-hmm. figure that out. Well, we will be here. I don't think we're going anywhere. By the way, another thing, a little update on me too. I don't know why, but I just have like a renewed sense. Of, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw, your, I saw, your, I saw your, your full on flaming of the uh, Instagram account. Yeah, we'll get into I'm that very, in a little while. Yeah, I'm very <laughs> curious as to, to what led to the, the final chopping of the, the, the cord on that one. Yeah, we, we will get there. It's not just that. It's much, much broader. Um, so my my challenge last week was to not use Amazon, and I failed. I failed within two days. <laughs> I literally failed within two days because... Um, so I, I think I mentioned before, you know, I haven't been... I know I mentioned I haven't been using the Apple Watch, but I, I think I mentioned I wanted to get an analog watch. You know how fucking hard that is to do in the real world? <laughs> I'm not kidding. You know how hard it is to find a decent watch right now without ordering it online? Oh, I Nobody wants to stock that. them. Sure. I went to um, first. I went to the internet and I looked all around because I was I was determined to do things. Um, I wanted to find a mom and pop. I wanted to go to a mom and pop. You know, I'm just I'm gonna buy a watch. I'm gonna go buy it from somebody who needs my money. You know what I mean? Sure. I could not find a single. In we live in a one of the biggest cities in the fucking country, and I could not find is literally a mom and pop watch store or you know time store i don't know what the hell you call them um, time store <laughs> that'd be cool if there was such a thing as a time store <laughs> well i i, I th- i'm just throwing that out as like the blanket term for where you buy watches and wall clocks i don't know what the fuck they used to call those timekeeping store right Isn't that what they called it well i get the sense that you just looked in the wrong place i don't think it's i don't think it's physically possible to just maintain an environment in which you're only selling watches right. um so i mean the the last place i looked for such a thing was a uh, at macy's um, and I found some there, you know, I was the only place I could think of and I didn't, and I couldn't, I couldn't get there. I went to target, you know, target used to have a counter, like what you're talking about at Macy's. Well, actually the ones at Macy's are nice because they have like five or six wraparound counters full of watches. Target sure. used to have one. Um, but now they just have like, I, I, I walked through, they just remodeled the target by my house. So I'm, I'm walking around. I don't know where the fuck anything is in there anymore. And I'm walking around and finally I asked somebody and they're like, oh, I think it's over there in the men's department. So now I'm wandering through the men's department like a, a lost, you know, like a lost puppy. I'm like, what? <laughs> Where are these watches? You know, like, what are they hidden under the fucking shoes here? Do I have to like lift up the, the hanger of a coat and then shake the pants and then a secret passage opens up? Where the fuck are these things? So I had to go ask another person and they're like, oh, actually, it's funny. People give uh, younger kids in retail a bad reputation. This is a young young guy, probably maybe like 15, 16. Walk me all the way across the store, patiently, not rushing. Walk me across the store. He's like, right here. And then walked away. I was like, wow. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we get there and it's it's like literally, it's... Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like these little stackable things on the ground. 
<laughs> with watches set up on them and there's like 40 watches total and like you know it's it's really only like seven watches because you know there's iterations of colors and they're all less than $20. I'm like, oh. Oh man. Okay, fuck this. You know, so then I went to CVS. I'm like, maybe CVS still has watches. Nope. And so then that's why I ended up ordering from Amazon. And then I ended up buying a cheap watch anyways. Because I was like, fuck it. <laughs> I mean, your your other hope is to go to a specific store like Fossil or something like that. Yeah. But then I don't I, I don't want to go to one brand. That's the thing. I mean oh, sure. I it's hard. I, I bought it. That's the reason I bought a cheap one this time. Because first of all, buy the cheap one, wear it around for a while. If I like having an analog watch again, then I'm ready to invest. And when I invest, I'm going to buy a three, four hundred dollar watch. I'm going to buy like a real watch that's going to last me for a long time. Sure. But I want to take this. I got a T. I got like a forty dollar Timex. It's it's nice. It looks nice or whatever. It's got a military band, whatever the hell that is. NATO strap they call it. I just learned this shit. <laughs> so anyways, I failed, but I failed with reason. Um, I did resist buying anything else, though. And I had many, many opportunities. Yeah, so at least you used you used it to fulfill a challenge. Yeah, and I did really try not to and try to find alternative ways. I didn't go to it. It, it was more about, you know, like reducing that inst- instantaneous, you know, trigger point. Like, I buy that on Amazon and then buy it. Sure. This is so many things. I'm sure you've done it. I'm sure everybody listening has done it. You you go like, oh, that's a good idea to buy that thing. And then you buy it because it's so easy and it comes to you so fast. And then like, you know, three weeks later, you realize you're like, oh, I didn't really need that thing. Or I didn't really want that thing. Or I wanted something else. So you got like this pile up of like fucking Amazon purchases that you're like, oops. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm pretty meticulous though. So that usually doesn't happen to me. Like I... I'm I'm the kind of person even with online purchases where I kind of do like copious research. Mm. Yeah, well, you know what happens to me when I do copious research, so that's yeah, out the that's window. True. That's a good point. Yeah, I'll never buy <laughs> fucking anything. Yeah, a, a paralysis by analysis. Yeah, yeah. totally. Too long. I, I'll go. Oh, is this the best website? And then I'll end up researching like, is this the best website to look at for this information? <laughs> well, and then you're going to start examining like the sociological effects of online shopping versus regular shopping and what the differences are. Who does this website make money from? Do they have yeah, a reason exactly. to recommend me Amazon links? You know. Yeah, the the rabbit the rabbit holes you dive into are probably not good for buying a watch. <laughs> yeah. And for anybody listening, I don't have anything against Amazon. In all honesty, I think they've they've built a, a good company. I mean there there are there are problems with all big companies. They all do fucked up shit. Um, but compared to what a lot of other companies are doing right now, they're not my worry right now. It was more about me. Sure. Um, other two quick follow-ups. Oxenfree. I'm going to guess you haven't had a chance to play it yet. Oh, no. Oh, no. Digital minimalism. How's that one going? <laughs> Have you dipped into that yet? Um, no, I haven't even looked at it, to be honest with you. I mean, I've been so preoccupied. I mean, you know what's going on right now. Right. I mean, there's There's so much... At the very end of things like this, the dismantle process is such a monumental process. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. All right. Well, let's no, talk about the one thing. That. Well, one thing we do have in common, unless there's anything on my list that you just didn't move up into that section yet. Did you look oh, at I, any of the things I on my list yet? I did not know I was supposed to move things up. Yeah, that's what the blue section's for. Um, uh, damn it. Okay. 
What Sorry. can I move up? What do we what do we, what do we share in common on this list? What did you look at? All right, let me dive back into the list again. Holy crap! Um, um, for the like, for the listeners, I'll dump into the thing of from your list that I checked out. I checked out the TV show you told me about, The Expanse. Uh huh. That is a boring fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> it gets better, but does, I'm, I'm six episodes in. Yeah, it's it's it, it's very slow. It's very it's very Dune esque in that sense. Is that there's a lot of talk and a ton of setup. Um, so there, yeah, you definitely have to kind of give it a chance. Um, and I think it's definitely one of those shows where it's probably good to have it going on in the background. See, my 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 one thing was I, number one, I, I I found myself spacing out a lot while I was watching it, which is kind of a funny pun considering it's a space show. Uh, um, but I think, and so I actually, I, instead of just coming in here, you know, with like no explanation, I'm like, you know, why would we talk about TV show if I don't have something to say? So I actually, and sat and I thought about it. I'm like, why is this boring? You know, like I'm looking at it, I'm like, you know, like what's theoretically what's happening should be exciting. You know, like there's all, you know, there's missed, there's, they're looking for somebody that's lost and this ship is blown up and this ship is blown up and there's intrigue going on and all this and I'm bored what's going on and i think it's just shit writing um they <laughs> they did the and it's not shit writing in the sense that the the, the dialogue's bad or you know that the it's that they don't who's writing this doesn't understand what it's like to watch a television show <laughs> you can't throw 50 balls at somebody's head and expect them to catch all of them you gotta you gotta throw the balls at a pace where people can catch them and they throw when they throw too much at you to digest, then you space out because your brain overloads. You know, your brain you, turns off. You know, maybe that's kind of just where I was, and the reason why I like the show so much is because I loved that about it. Yeah, because like to me, I'm like the the first episode. What did they introduce? Like twenty twenty characters. Sure, yeah, and like a bunch of people that, will die later, but you you know what they they do. I actually thought it was a great thing they did for the show, but it also makes it extremely difficult, which is they don't really explain anything. Right. I don't have a problem with that. That's, okay. I mean, that's if you jump in, if you throw somebody in the... I don't like the whole, like, let me tell you the whole backstory here. That's, oh, yeah, that's, that. that's bad viewing too. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but it's... it's spread, spread shit out. You know, like, I don't know if it's a, it was a budget constraint where they're like, well, we don't have time to make this into four episodes, so we have to fit it into one. Yeah, and or they didn't even know if they were going to be renewed, so they just had to squeeze it into the story the best they could. Yeah, it's just, it's. I mean, like, it's not even that too many things are happening, because in reality, there's not that many things happening. It's just there's too many fucking people, and they don't make it... The two things that they failed to do, and I'm saying they because I have no idea who wrote it. It could just be one person. Um, what they failed to do is a really good show, or a great show. When you watch it, you know what characters you have to remember and what characters are just kind of less important, right? Sure. You know, like uh, even Game of Thrones in the first three episodes of the first season of Game of Thrones, they had trouble with this too. So, um, it, although they it's were funny, it's, it's funny. I literally was going to say Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones is the worst example of that I've ever seen. It was so confusing. And, and keep in mind, this is confusing for, for me. I read the books and it was confusing for me. Well, I think... The, Game of Thrones did better theoretically than this show does, but what the problem Game of Thrones had is those fucking names. Uh, you know, like um, shit. I can't even remember the characters' names <laughs> anymore. Uh, Tyrion and what the hell was the dad's name? Tywin. 
yeah, Tyrion, Tywin. You're like, fuck, which one's which? It, there's all these names in there that 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 made it really difficult. It took till it was episode four where I clicked in and I'm like, oh, I like this show. Um, sure. This show, I'm six episodes in and I'm still like, mm, I'm not sure. I also don't like any of the characters um, <laughs> except for maybe Miller. Um, but the other thing that they 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 seems lacking is there doesn't seem to be a driving heart to the show. You know, like I'm watching it and there's things happening, but I'm like, what the fuck is this show about? Yeah. I don't have, I don't have a a foothold to go. Oh, this show is, you know, like, sure. You can say something general, like this show is what it's like when earth and Mars are two different, uh, two different governments. And then there's this thing called the belt between them. And it's about the interplay between the, that's not the explanation of what a show is about. You know, like um, like the Odyssey. What's the Odyssey about? A guy trying to get home for more. That's what the Odyssey is about. Yeah. Anything longer than that is an explanation of plot. I don't want an explanation of plot. I want to know what the show is about. What's the theme? And it doesn't have a clear one. So I'm, I, I think I space out too because I'm like, so why do I care? You know, like, uh, what's her name? Julie, Julie Yao, the girl that they're looking for. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Julie Mao. Um, Julie Mao. Um, I'm like, wh- why, why the fuck do I care? <laughs> why do I care if they find her? Um, and that, that's, that's bad writing. <laughs> that's bad writing. Um, but anyways, that's how I feel about it. Your turn that, to tell me why you like it. That is great. You, you hate it for the same reasons I love it. Um, <laughs> I liked how confusing it was. Um, in that, I mean, there are so many people that know right off the bat, you know what I mean? And that's, that's, I, I agree with you that there's, there's a little bit of the, just the panic of trying to figure out who's who and who works for who and who's on whose side in the very beginning. Um, but I, I, one of the, the biggest reasons why I like it is purely, purely a nerd reason, uh, which is they treat space properly, um, in its, in its horror and its isolation and its difficulty. Um, so that was a really strong pull for me because I haven't really seen a, a show that that has done that well. Like even a show like like Star Trek: The Next Generation, for example, there's definitely a sense of 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 there are some Mary Sue's in there. Like you know, the, the like for example, the way they they treat anti gravity um, or gra- I'm not I'm sorry, not anti gravity, but gravity, and yeah. how there's just these these gravity generators that just eliminate the problem of weightlessness. And and the, the right. things that come along with that. Um, yeah, watching Star Trek, living in Star Trek generation is like living in a mix between the IKEA store and a mall. It's yeah, not really, really paid five dollars an episode is what it ended up working out as. as I mean, like, um, shit, what is the thing I just bought? I bought something else, but I can't remember right now. But um, I watched that Gary Shandling documentary, The Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling. If you haven't yeah. watched that, you need to watch that. Um, it's incredible. But it made me. I had already been watching before I watched the documentary. I'd already been watching the Larry Sanders show, which is his '90s show. It's like a fake talk show. But I wanted to see his '80s show. It's Gary Shandling because in my child's mind, I saw a couple of those episodes, and I remembered. This is a weird part about my brain, but I remember interiors of buildings really well. Huh. Um, like. Roseanne, I could tell you what the inside of the house, even before they brought the show back, I could tell you three years ago what the interior layout of Roseanne looked like. Um, and so I had that Gary Shandling set in my head. 
I'm like, I need to watch that because, you know, like anytime you have like one of those little memories, but it's only a piece of one, you want to feed it and just, you know, see what happens. Sure. But the only place you could get that was on iTunes. So I bought it on iTunes and I kind of, in a way, kind of prefer that sometimes because then it makes things less distracting. You know, like if you, if you pay, I think I paid $20 for that season. You pay $20 for 16 episodes. You're going to watch those 16 episodes because you just paid $20. Whereas if, you know, I find Gary Shandling on Prime, I might watch one or two episodes and be like, this show is pretty funny and then get distracted by something else. And then six months later, realize I never finished that season. In some yeah. ways, you know, I think I think the core of the episode in a weird kind of way is about value. Yes. You're because right. I because I feel like I feel like I've done literally the same thing. Like when I when I really want to see something now, I will buy it on Amazon Prime, um, and I you know that my my movie library is actually starting to get pretty big on Amazon Prime because of that, and it's because I can watch it anytime I want. I can watch it on any device I want, um, and I feel good owning it. I feel good supporting the 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 creation of the thing that I'm watching. Yeah, it was weird as I have. I don't know how this happened. But I had somehow got like two or three movies for free on Prime. It was like Big Hero, which I still have never watched. Um, Kung Fu Panda and Ice Age. <laughs> I, never bought, I never bought any of these things and they were just in my Prime. And then one day I signed into my Apple TV into my iTunes catalog and they were in my iTunes catalog too. Well, weird. Really weird. Um, I think maybe there was like... I remember there being this attempt at an app at one point that combined your video libraries for you uh-huh. um, with the permission of iTunes and with the permission of Prime and I think Google Store or whatever, maybe Microsoft too. Um, so maybe that's what did it. But uh, I have movies filtered throughout all the services that I bought. But in iTunes, I'm I've never actually made the intention to buy a lot of stuff on iTunes, but I have like 70 movies on there and I don't know how I've accumulated that many. I hear you though. My library on iTunes is actually pretty vast too. I think I'm about that same level. I'm up at like 50, 60 movies. You know what pisses me off about um, Prime and all of these other things when it comes to buying stuff is they don't expect people to actually accumulate sizable libraries. Because oh, going... Sure. Going through is a pain in the ass where you're like, I want to watch the fifth Harry Potter movie. Oh my God. I've been scrolling for two minutes just to get down to age. <laughs> you know, they, it's, it's like it's built for people who have like 12 movies. <laughs> sure. Well, I, this is why I don't even bother doing it that way anymore. Now I just go with the uh, search route. I just type in the mm-hmm. name. But it makes browsing really difficult. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you just want to peruse through your your gallery of things. Like I remember I used to do that with comic books. You know, I, I used to just peruse through my gallery of things and see what interested me that day. You know, it's really tough to do that now, uh, just because the libraries are are so overwhelming. Yeah, it's almost like you need like a like an index card system. <laughs> you flip through oh, the sure. index card and you go, "Yep, that's what I want to watch." Then you search for it on your device and watch it. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, but you know what? I'm that kind of fits into you know between Gary Shandling and me going back to paper and wanting to you know I've been trying to pull away from being in the front facing stuff with a lot of the podcast stuff. Uh, I found I, I find myself 
really attached to the past. Um, like for example, for example, what I've been watching, speaking of CNN, what I've been watching on Netflix is the eighties and <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I'm watching and I'm like, I'm completely obsessed with the eighties right now. Huh. I just, I mean, I want to almost like basically sounds weird to say, I want to live in the eighties. You ever have those moments where you want to just dive back through your, the, the eighties movie library and just watch a bunch of those movies again? Yeah, that's part of what I'm doing. You know, like between watching 80s TV shows, which I just kind of, I don't know why, but I I, I really love the fact that when I put them on, they're square. <laughs> they don't uh, take up yeah, the whole sure. screen anymore. Um, you know, I'm just kind of obsessed with that right now. And I think that it's just like my subconscious latching on to that desire to be a little more free. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, in the 80s, we were a little bit more free from this because we didn't have phones in our pocket all the time and all this stuff. And it's just, it's it's been really appealing to me. Hmm. I wonder, I, I wonder if you'll dive down very specific rabbit holes over time. I'm hoping to. What I'm, what I've been doing is just like I have this journal, and every time something comes up, and I'm like, oh, that's right, I want to check that out. When it, and it's just so far, it's just 80s stuff. I'm hoping what will happen is, you know, like I'm watching the 80s thing, and it reminds me of. Um, Miami Vice. So then I go watch Miami Vice. And Miami Vice reminds me of Phil Collins. So then I end up listening to Phil Collins. And then Phil Collins reminds me of something else. And and then I just end up in a completely different place. <laughs> You're eating a ho-ho watching Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hoping what it's going to take me down is... Um, see if you remember this. Actually, that's, that's a good thing to talk about. And anybody listening that's old enough to remember any of this stuff, if you can remember this stuff, I would appreciate your help. Because I'm making the 80s basically um, my hobby. Because I don't have any hobbies. Everything I do is for the public. <laughs> so I need, <laughs> I need a hobby for my sanity. So like this 80s thing is like my hobby. But um, I have tr- I've tried searching and I can't find the right search terms to find this stuff. But it seems like in my memory that there was um, in the 80s in New York a huge... VHS culture. Um, well, actually, let me say that differently. In the 80s, in New York, there was a huge avant-garde film uh, film culture. And then the rest of the world had this kind of VHS culture where people would um, save parts of things on VHS. You know, like people used to make like mixtapes for people on VHS. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like here's a bit of George Carlin. And then here's an episode of uh, Golden Girls. And then, you know, like not even a whole episode, but, you know, like they would just put these things together. But it was all based around the aesthetic was coming from this 80s avant-garde film of stuff that they were doing. And in some way, it tied into public access television, too. And I want to find that stuff, but I don't even have a beginning idea of where to start. Yeah, that's a tough one. That might be just a project. Yeah, I mean that's why I'm like, listeners, please, if you know. <laughs> I mean, I wonder, I wonder who would have archived that stuff. I mean, I'm sure somebody did, um, because I, I imagine there are a lot of people during that period of time that valued that stuff to a pretty high degree. Well, and I think a lot of it too is probably tied to what at that time was very alternative culture. You know, like um, 
homosexual or gay, gay culture in New York or BDSM or um, not even sexual subcultures, but other other subcultures like goth subculture and stuff like that. Because in the 80s, you still had these, because we didn't have mass internet, there wasn't really a, a way for um, those cultures to spread and connect across the world as easily. You know, it's like a video game culture. You know, they used to have games about uh, Donkey Kong. I mean, uh, magazines about Donkey Kong scores and stuff like that. So this was like an, an outgrowth of that that thriving subcultures. And I think I think that a lot of it wasn't just you know a homemade VHS stuff like that. It's actually there was movies made in that style, and there were you know direct to video things made for you know like a mailing clubs you remember those things like you join the thing and then you join this club and then they would send you a videotape yeah i do remember that i feel uh, like I all of that's going to be somewhere like columbia was the company that did that yeah that was for dvds huh but yeah i don't mean that big of a scale i mean like you know oh, like, so you're talking about yeah, among the small communities and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Like skateboarding videos was a great example. Oh yeah, that's huge. That I remember how huge those were. But at the same time, it was still a subculture. It wasn't big enough to be in stores, so you had to like you know you had to join these clubs or you had to join these communities or whatever or magazines, and then they you would buy the VHS from them or from a, a local skate shop and stuff like that. There wasn't there wasn't a huge mass culture to it. So it was different, you know, it was like, and you had these punk rock filmmakers because the mainstream wasn't making that stuff. Oh man, I, I, I now actually know what you're talking about. Yeah. I actually did, I didn't get it at first until, yeah, because I remember looking for a lot of, um, back in the day I was really into graffiti and breakdancing. Um, exactly. And, and I remember, I remember seeing like underground breakdancing videos that were really sick, but you're right. Like they would be given around by a friends and you would have like a copy of a copy of a copy. Uh, yes, from exactly. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I totally know. And these, and like there would be these uh, um, underground documentaries. And so that's why I said like connected to like gay culture and like BDS uh, and stuff like that. Uh, okay, gotcha. Because, you know, like somebody or connected to public access because somebody would, would go, I don't know this culture, but they, t- they, you know, they remember those big camcorders with the VHS you just stuck right in the camera. Oh yeah. They'd, they'd take one of those and just go interview people. And then that would be, you know, that would be the video. You know, it's just, a, it was like avant-garde film because of the way they edited or whatever. But it was basically sometimes just a bunch of interviews. And it's just fascinating to me because I can, it's taken me, what, uh, almost 10 minutes to be able to explain it. So good luck searching for that on Google. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it took me 10 minutes. It's funny because it took me 10 minutes to understand it. And I know you really well. But the moment I understood it, like, holy crap, like, I totally know what you mean. And that's the rabbit hole that I'm hoping that I'm going to fall down. You know, like, like I said, you know, I get to Phil Collins and then Phil Collins did a music video. Who directed that mini music video? And then that guy had a friend who was an avant-garde filmmaker. Boom, I found an avant-garde video. Sure, sure, sure. That's the only way I know to find it. (laughs) That's fascinating. I wonder. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about all the old, old, you know, directors now. Um, but I like the the Chris Cunninghams and and you know, uh, romantics of the world. The guys who used to do all of those Spike Jones, you know. Um, well, I think what's yeah. interesting is like when you look at mass culture now, 
like the uh-huh. creators, the famous creators or whatever. There are many, many, many steps away from the underground and from the um, the avant-garde and the subcultures. They're very, they're very separated from that stuff. Back then, they weren't. You know, like David Bowie was hanging out with like junkie drug dealers sure, <laughs> when he came sure. to New York, and Iggy Pop had a heroin problem, and and William Burroughs lived in that in the Chelsea Hotel with a bunch of other like notorious seedy characters. There wasn't that separation. Yeah, but I think that's that's before fame became what it was. I mean, and you mm-hmm. and you in describing that era for what it was. I mean, fame as we know it really kind of didn't exist before Andy Warhol. Um, at least not not in, in the way that we understand it now. I mean, sure, you still had your exceptions to the rule. People like, you know, um, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and stuff like that. But But people weren't famous the same way yet. You know, it wasn't a popularity contest in the same way that it was now. Uh, or that it is now. And I think a lot of that was defined during that era. So you had celebrities who weren't afraid to go to the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, and I think that maybe that's what's appealing to me about why I want to find that stuff is because there is, you know, like I'm sure that there's probably just even, you know, like um, Golden Girls. Like here's, here's you know, you're like, okay, here's like mainstream television show. What if you're only two leaps away from something really crazy and, you know, raw? Maybe I don't mean crazy as in bad, but I mean like crazy like as in raw. So because, I mean, TV shows and stuff like that, even the mainstream in the 80s wasn't that polished. Sure. I mean, look at look at uh, music in the 80s. You know, like Boy George and Madonna were mainstream. And they're about as, their look was about as subculture as you get. Or Cyndi Lauper too, right? Sure. So I think I, I think what fascinates me about that is like I'm wondering, it feels like after the '90s, that gap got really big, and and I think that's why there's so much, so much stuff that's in the mainstream right now is so polished that it's unappealing. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, that's and anytime someone does something that isn't as polished, there's there's almost. I, I, I don't like that a big deal is made out of it. You know, I think about, um, you know, when the Foo Fighters are recording stuff or when um, Jack White was looking to record stuff that was more lo-fi, uh, that, that it was the exception to the rule, you know, um, that you didn't have these tightly compressed, super overmixed tracks um, and people thought that was revolutionary. You know, I think that's part of the reason why, why vinyl um, made a comeback, even though I think a lot of that's just just a, a popularity social movement among like hipsters and people who don't really understand how and why. Um, but, you know, for a lot of people, like I remember, you know, a lot of our friends in particular, for example, who really are, are, are aficionados of music who wanted to get back into vinyl because there was nuance there, you know, because it wasn't perfect because there wasn't that, that compressed overmixed feel for, for the stuff that was coming out of that. And it's part of the reason why even to this day, like I don't really want to watch shows in HD. I don't you know. Either. I don't like, like it, it. It doesn't look right. It does. It looks very hyper real to me, and I don't it think makes that, me nauseous. Or yeah, nauseated, exactly. I you know, say. like I, I, it's 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 very it's very hyper real to me, and I don't think that that's the way I like to see the world. Yeah, there's the there's the 4K version of the Apple TV. I still have the one before because I'm like, yeah, 1080 is good enough. I don't need anything more than that. 
well, not only that, but I, I really like 24p as a frame rate. You know, I don't like 30, oh, yeah. 30i or 60i. I mean, it's just too much. You know how I feel about that. <laughs> yes, I, I do. I yes, will not I watch 60 frames of anything unless yeah, it's really 20, fast motion slowed down. And you see, that's the wonderful thing about 24p is there's a softness to it um, that's really special. And I think that, that going with a faster frame rate, you just inherently lose that. Yeah. The other thing I think you lose too in all of these things when you get obsessed with polishes, you lose the energy. There's a certain there's a certain life to something that's that's kind of a little bit broken, a little bit imperfect. Um, you know, like music is a great example of that. But then also, like uh, recently, I rewatched Weird Science, and oh, love that movie. It, it's it's not a great movie, but you love it, right? It, I mean, oh, you yeah. think about it, you're like it's stupid if I explained it to somebody, but it has like, there's almost like this this punk rock feel to it. You know, it's like uh, I wrote about this on on the journal too. These broken movies, you know, where like somebody was like, "I got an idea. Let's blow the piano through the chimney and let's ride motorcycles. Let's like you know have these mutants come in and ride motorcycles through the house." And let's uh, have this girl hold on to the piano and the, the chimney suck her clothes off. It's just like craziness. Like, who would do that? They did. I mean, there's, to be honest, there are parts of that movie that not, have not aged well. Um, yeah, a, little, a little racist, you know. <laughs> yeah. Anthony Michael Hall's um, pip voice for like five minutes. Yep. I was like yep. cringing the whole time. Yeah, it was a different era, though. You get, you have to give them that. It's such a weird era because there were four black actors on the screen with them, and they were just like kind of going with it. And I would be like, I was watching, and I'm like, if that was me, I would smack him in the head. I mean, it's not his fault. He was a kid. They were telling him to do that, but yeah. Plus, plus you you're you're viewing it through the through the lens of a modern sensibility. You know, back then that wasn't a problem. And I think it also wasn't as much of an exaggeration of of that type of talking as it is now because it was closer to the 70s and people kind of forget this but you know like there was this thing i don't know if how um widespread it was but the 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 jive talk you know sure. the pimp talk there was like that it was almost you know it wasn't ebonics you know like we had in the 90s and stuff like that it was a completely different way of talking and i think it came out of jazz if i'm if i'm if I'm right on the history of that. And I think that that's kind of what that was supposed to be playing off of. But now, like 30 years later, it just looks horribly racist. Yeah, incredibly. And I'm not saying that it wasn't in any way racist then. Uh, I'm just saying now it looks even more because luckily as a, as a society, we've evolved. And who was that Kelly LeBrock who was the... Uh, oh my God. She's a knockout. I mean, I don't care. She, she, her, her beauty has definitely aged well. I think she's just as beautiful now as she was then, to be honest with you. Like, I watched that movie again. I'm like, wow, you are stunning. <laughs> What's fascinating about that movie, too, is when you look at it from the surface, I wrote about this in that article, too. So anybody that read this and is hearing me repeat myself, sorry. That's just, gonna, that's just life. It's just going to happen, man. Whatever. The, the journal's a rough draft. So then the, <laughs> the next draft's going to pop out anywhere. Um, but... That movie, when you look at it from the outside, it seems like a really sexist film. Like two boys make the perfect woman. And of course, she's gorgeous. But the thing about it is when you actually really start to take that movie apart, you're like, they're dorks, they're completely useless, they're wimps, 
They have no power. There is no power dynamic here at all. Chet, who seems like the most masculine man in the whole movie, is kind of a douche and in the end turns out to be a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> so the only person in that movie, and the parents are all the parents are idiots, like complete morons. Literally the only person in that whole movie that has power is Kelly LeBrock's character. Yeah. Lisa. Yep. And not only does she have power, she has freaking superpowers. Yeah, she has like brilliant powers. Yeah. And she's, yeah, I think they give her like Einstein as part of her brain, right? Yep. So she's brilliant. And it's, it's interesting. And then also, you think about it, the whole point of that movie is these boys have to learn to get over this unrealistic magazine image of women and learn to like these two girls that are real women. Yep. And, so, and it- it's interesting you put it in that context because there's a lot more social commentary in that movie than, than you're aware of at first glance. You know, you just right. think it's a silly, silly 80s movie. But, you know, you're right. I mean, Kelly LeBrock's character is probably one of the most empowered women for that era. Because, I mean, if you look at the other, the other, the other, you know, Molly Ringwald movies at the time, like 16 Candles and stuff like that, like there's an inherent weakness in the women. Not Kelly LeBrock's character. She's a damn superhero. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, there's no, there's not a single scene in that movie where anybody has to save her. She saves everybody else. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm working on my photography or I'm working on my writing or I'm working on my golf game. Nothing else matters. The world melts away. And the only thing that matters is the thing that I'm doing. And I think for a lot of people, you know, I have, I have, I have um, conversations with my, my roommates about this. Alex, for example, um, she struggles with trying to find the thing, the one thing that's that's going to be the the, the the thing that she's passionate about. She she envies my 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 dedication to these things that I really really love, and I I keep telling her and I keep telling other people that it it, it I didn't just wake up one morning and 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 decide that I wanted to to be a great photographer or that I wanted to be a great golfer. I had to wake up several mornings in a row for months at a time and in some cases years at a time and make that choice until it was no longer a choice. Right. That, that's a, there's a great book by a man named Charles Duhigg called uh, The Power of Habit. And he talks about, um, you know, willpower is something that we're, we have limited supply of. It runs out. Um which is why things like um, In-N-Out Burger are successful. People don't know this. Why is In-N-Out Burger successful? Oh, yeah. It's limited choices, and people feel freed by that limited choice because we're forced forced to make so many choices in our life daily, especially now with um, cell phones in our hands. You know, do I open this app? Do I open that? I hate to tell you, you're using willpower every time you choose to do those things. Um, but he goes into the, the – the, the mechanics of a habit. And I think this is a good time to go into this because this is how you can do it in your life. Um, you want to talk about practical steps. I'm going to really break it down into as about as micro of steps as I can. So there are three parts to every habit. And a habit is what you create by doing things over and over again, like Lam was talking about, um, for those who didn't make the connection. The first part of the habit is the trigger. This is the thing that... Uh, puts you into the habit, you know, for, for some people, the, the thing that triggers um, having a cigarette is having a full meal or having sex. Um, <laughs> I think that only happens in movies. Neither of us smoke anymore either. Uh, uh, the second part of the habit is the actual action, the, the actual thing, the, the habit itself, you know, and the third part is the reward, which is the part a lot of people don't realize when it comes to habits. Um, so for example, smoking a cigarette, uh, you have the, the trigger is the full meal. 
and you have the cigarette. The reward is the nicotine buzz or it is the oral fixation. It's, it's going to be different for everybody, but there is a reward there. So the way you, the quickest way to build a habit is to find a bad habit and rip out the middle. Find the trigger, find the reward, rip out the middle and put the thing in there that you want to do. You know, for example, if you, um, if you eat, uh, bad food, you know, you're, you're always, every time you walk by the fridge, you open the freezer and you eat a popsicle or a, um, have some ice cream, you know, you, you shovel in some Ben and Jerry's. What you can do is understand that, oh, my trigger apparently is walking by the fridge. My reward is the satisfaction of having something in my gut. What if I took the ice cream out of the fridge and I put something else in there? So that the trigger, when I walk by there, boom, I walk by there. Now, instead of having ice cream to grab, there's carrots. And I put the carrot in, and now I'm having the same satisfaction. Because uh, when it comes to eating, it comes to food, uh, we, we're all triggering memories most of the time when we eat something. We're triggering the time we had it for the first time. So we're triggering a, a sensation of pleasure. So if you want to build a healthy habit of writing every day, find something that you do every day that you don't feel good about. That you want to get rid of and rip out that middle and put writing in there. You know, like for, for me, one of the, one of the things that I did was, um, I would have, you know, Instagram or Twitter in the bottom part of my phone screen and I would always be dipping in there. Right. So what did I do? I took those apps out of there and I put my Kindle app in there and I put the podcast app in there and I put my notes app on that row so that now when I put my finger in that automatic spot, that automatic trigger, I can't open those apps. Now what I can open is a book to read. It's you're just you're using your body and your brain the way it works you, instead of fighting against it. So bringing this back to Frida Kahlo, right? Um well, she getting pain whether it be in my fucking head or my body. Um but also let me be able to still think and function and like, you know, uh I I was asking Drew the other day, it's like which one does what again? He's like, the way I remember it, Indica, Indica couch. I'm like, all right. Yeah, can all you right. write that down, please? Like, no, I, like, I can remember that. I can Put this on the 3x5 card for me. <laughs> can I just start write that on the inside of my palm? Um, you know, so then I started hitting up people like, you know, as Sarah, you know, because she was always talking about CBD and I asked her like, what do you use? Yeah. Um, and she sent me a picture of one of the bottles she has, and I have yet to find someone around here that had it. Because every time it seems to, I find something that I'm like excited about. I go to one of the many dispensaries around in mm. the area, <clears throat> and um, they don't have what it is I'm looking for. I just get my CBD online. Well, that's the thing. You know, it's like I'm still the type where I can't. Some I, just, I need if I can go to a store. I want it now. I want to go see it. That's the one I want, and I buy it. The and problem I give them with money, getting the and then they hand it to me, and then I go home. Is you're still getting it with THC in it? Well, you have to have THC to metabolize CBD. You can't have not just if it's made from hemp. Well, that's where I'm getting. So then I recently found um, this uh, hemp, this company Lowell um, Lowell Herb Company, Lowell Farms, Lowell, Lowell CBD, L O W E L L, and. Um, They've got a long, I think, already you know, well-established uh, list of um, just straight, you know, as they call it, flower um, pre-rolls and all this kind of shit. Um, but I 
stumbled across somebody online that had mentioned their CBD pre-rolls. So it's, you know, pre-rolled joints of, you know, interesting hemp, you know, but they, as I can't, I'll pull it up right now. Um, but it's, uh, I've never seen anybody smoke CBD. Um, so it's, yeah, I've I've seen them put oil. Yeah. So they have the oils. I think, you know, Ryan, um, he has a, um, Hernandez. Yeah. He has a CBD vape that he hits. I mean, I have a, a friend that, um, well, yeah, because you can get the ones. you can get the crystal distillate for yeah. the, for vaping. Yeah, so like I asked the last time I went, I was like, "Hey, man, you have you know CBD uh, um, vapes, right?" And he's like, "Yeah," and he just pulls out one, and I'm like, "All right, well, I don't know anything about this. So I don't know if I can. I'm down to use it or drop sixty five dollars on something that I'm just gonna not end up using at all." Oh yeah. Um, let's see, little CBD. <clears throat> I get mine from CBD Distillery. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I just right get ones. it straight in the bottle and I drop it under my tongue. Yeah, like the first time I went to uh, a dispensary, I went with uh, my good friend Lars, and Ulrich. No, <laughs> Friedrichsen. I'm not going to start name dropping like that if I got friends like Lars Ulrich. Um, but uh, I went in and I asked this kid who's far younger than I am, stoned out of his goddamn mind. And I kind of gave him that rundown that I said. I'm like, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I want. This is what I want to use it for. This is what I'm used to. This is what I know works for me. This is what doesn't work for me. And he literally kind of looked at me like the kid, the pimply faced kid in Simpsons. Uh, I'll have to ask my manager. And uh, he literally offered me and suggested every single thing that they had in their inventory. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I'm like, this kid's really just going for the AK-47 method, just spraying down range, hoping he hits something. What about this? Not aiming at... Yeah, he literally was like, well, I got this, and I got this, and then this one, and then this is, you know, kind of just, you know, it's like a topical cream. Um, it's, it's pretty cheap. But then we have There's these pills. Suppositories. No, he's like, we got these pills. They're like $400. Um, we got this. Uh, you can try this. And then there's this one. And I'm like, uh, all right, bro, I'll take... Well, you got the drops, right? Yeah, I got drops. I'm like, okay, uh, what drops do you have? Uh, these ones seem like, I think these will work for you. I'm like, okay, give me that. And then, fuck it, I'm here. Let me get a fucking, let me just get a, you know, <laughs> let me get one of your joints. What do you got? I haven't smoked it. I still have it. Um, and I looked at the drops later. And they're, um, I mean, I don't think it really makes a difference. But it's, I can't remember the name of the company. It's for women. Designed by women for your period. CBD like, period. It's like you know. It's like it's 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 oh for like pain. Yeah, it's geared toward. It's it literally says on the label, like for women, designed by women. You know, and I'm like, this is what the kid gives me. If I, I was a woman, fun. I'd be down to try I'm that. Like, well, sure. yeah, no, I'm like, it's gonna work. But it's like this kid literally like he knew nothing. I'm like, what are you doing working here? <laughs> You're like, this says ladies. I have a well, giant I, beard. I, I mean, hey. Anything that can work for a, a, a you know a pain of, of that level, I'm sure it's got to work for me and my fucked up arm like tenfold. And I'll, there'll be some leftover for me to use for when I stub my toe walking to the bathroom. You know, if it's strong enough for that kind of usage, then I know it's good. But it just made me laugh that 
after everything I explained to this guy, and he literally just went from telling me he wanted to give me the highest strength shit to the lowest strength shit, stuff that he says doesn't really work, to the stuff that does work, and then just gives me something that says right on the box that I didn't, that I even overlooked because I'm an idiot because I was overwhelmed, that just says like, you know, you know, it's strong enough for a man made for a woman kind of thing. <laughs> What's that? Uh, it's, an, it's a deodorant. Yeah, secret. Yeah, secret. Yeah. Um, but yeah, shit, so, these guys have a fucking CBD lip balm. I want to try that. Wh- who are you looking at, Lowell? No, CBD distillery. Oh, um, so I'm on the site for Lowell. So all natural CBD smokes and flower. So Lowell smokes CBD is a hundred or uh, not a hundred. Dip dip dip. Original Indian hemp, seventeen percent CBD. Um, so you have uh, the packet of seven pre rolls. And it comes in a nice little box. On the cover, there's a um, very well-to-do, handsome uh, cow in a uh, vest. A well-to-do cow? Yeah, in a vest and a button-up. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I was picturing a photograph until you got to the vest, and I'm like, oh, okay, it's a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Highbrow yeah. Cow. Mr. High That's Cow. A- Hi cow, bro. Highbrow, high cow, highbrow cow. Highbrow, highbrow. Um, so then you got the two pack. Then you got singles, and then they got this the jar of flour. Um, but the the this pre rolls come in this really sweet little like I'm sure it's like a hemp box um, with very nice packaging, um, very well constructed, and uh, looks like seven matches, wooden, wooden matches, a striker on the top. It's, I'm like these guys. They they they're doing their shit well, um. But so I, you know, went with uh, Drew the other day to go to the you know try to find this shit because you know they have their list of uh, dispensaries that carry their stuff, and it's literally every single dispensary in San Jose, and it's not to the point where <laughs> these places like just stock what's available. It's like oh yeah, no, we carry them, but we just have the one thing. Mm. we're actually out of it right now and it's like what about this no we don't have that either it's like well we should have it though people want it i'm like well why don't you have it then you should get it we don't like money I'm like can i order it it's like how does this work like you know it's like i still feel like even though we've come so far with the whole um legalization of it and you know these stores kind of being a business and being able to you know, not even some of them don't even have to take cash anymore. Like they can use cards, they can use a bank, and they can do all this different shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still kind of, for me, as you know, a, a person that's still not coming with years of experience of hitting up. You know, I didn't have a medical card back in the day and all that stuff. I haven't been, you know, going at this since you know, since it was in its infancy. I mean, it's still kind of in it infant but you know since the beginning and experiencing it and seeing the changes and seeing the the growth and all, i still feel like it's fledgling because i'm coming in it as like a lot of the people well, you're coming in with the masses well, yeah I'm a, yeah exactly i'm coming in at it the same way a lot of these people these days are that are like taking advantage of the fact that now that it's you know um it's more accepted and it's more lax and it's legal um and it kind of feels to me like you know okay well you you put yourself up as like a just like a retail space, and I have experience on how I know retail spaces to work and how retail um, transactions work. So 
if I go to some place and they say that you have this and I come here and you don't and you can't really tell me why and you kind of strike me as like, oh, uh, uh, you're out. Yeah, it's like, come on, bro. Come on, bro. Um, but yeah, and then it's like, they ask like, oh, we can deliver to your door. And I put in my zip code and they're like, oh, we don't deliver to you. <laughs> strike three. Yeah, so it's like, where are these people? So they are in California. I just have to drive. It's like, do I want to drive though? And be mm. like, do I want to go on a fucking journey just to get something that I think might work? Out? Something that will mellow you out? Go on a journey to mellow yeah, out. Stress me the fuck out. I gotta go sit in traffic so I can get my fucking weed. Um, you know, it's because I've tried. So I tried with that first time that bottle i could probably always go back and see how it did because i think i just kind of did it a couple times i was like i don't know i think i don't think this is doing anything to me um i still have that first you know um lady oil um, lady oils um and then i got gummies one time they're called like kush kush candy um those are pretty good but uh you only get like you know 10 of them in a pack and I feel like when they make the gummy straight. shit, they make it more expensive. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Well, I mean, these ones I just bought. I mean, I on to be honest, well, they're I mean, good, but no, they are. I paid twenty five bucks for this bag, um, and it's let's see here, two hundred, no, hundred milligram CBD, five milligram THC, um, ten pieces. So you know, twenty to one, um, and I've already eaten the whole bag. Um, not right now. No, I did I the last three. <laughs> we gotta, gotta remember there are people listening here, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know what you mean. Well, I've already finished off the bag. <laughs> that my, would be an interesting episode. It'd be like, where is Tom? Well, I, he's he's there. He only says one word every four and a half minutes. Uh, you know what we should do right now? We should uh, talk about our new segment. Yes. Our new enders. Yes. So we talked last week, people, I'm talking to you peoples, you you ladies and gentlemen and everybody else and dogs and, uh, you know, um, any anything else, um, unicorns that uh, are painted on the side of pools. Um, we talked about Tom and I wanting to have a way to end the shows the way that Lamb and I end the shows where Lamb and I end with like a challenge. So we're going to try something out. And we'll see how it works out. What we came up with was the idea of questions, asking each other a question. Um, we'll call it like further questioning, something like that. You know, like, uh, for example, I'm going to give Tom a question right now. Tom, for next week, and when we come back with answers of these, these aren't going to be long segments. This is going to be two, three sentences, or maybe less to answer the question. So my question to Tom is for next week, Tom, are there any health benefits to using a bidet? Oh, look at you coming in with the hard-hitting facts. Some ass-washing facts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, I got to write that one down. I want to make sure I don't... I can text them to you afterwards. (laughs) Uh, All right, well... Given with your, uh, you know, your your adventures with, uh, I guess, wildlife, you know, with with Latte and his uh, um, flea party, his flea party, yeah, his pity, 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 flea party, um, pity pool, and then uh, yeah, his pretty pity pool. 
uh, and then your uh, your handy dandiness with your fucked up pipes. Um, could you could you see yourself surviving in the wilderness for a month? All right, tune in next week for the answers to those. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going down. Yeah, we're going to try this out, see how we like it, because yeah, we don't know if you guys like it because well, we're we're not. Uh, text messaging you guys <laughs> <laughs> i can't hear you people yeah can't hear you at all you can scream really loud but people will probably just call the police yeah. there's at least one person i know i'll hear about everything from but i mean that doesn't count for everyone but yeah we so we don't live in a complete vacuum we do get messages i i get messages from friends um it's always interesting uh, because it's it's always uh a conversation where i'm like oh I don't know if I want to talk about that anymore because I always feel like I, I spent myself on the conversation in yeah. the show. Yeah, you got it all already. But that doesn't mean I want my friends to stop texting me. No. Yeah. So, so uh, before we get out of here, if you want to support me on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com forward slash holy fool productions. And over there this week, I added um, a couple bonus episodes uh, where I asked three guests, um, some questions that weren't in the interview. These are previous guests that I had on back in uh, the fall. So you can hear those as long as well as uh, 67 other posts. Uh, Tom, what's the status of your Patreon? It's coming. Should be done uh, ready enough by the end of the weekend. I just kind of get a little... Uh, I was trying to look in to see, kind of figure out my plan for mine and what exactly I'm going to try to put up on there the most. And, um what I'm really trying to gear it towards, but yeah, it's working. Um, it's or it's being worked on. It's coming. Um, and so, so is Lambs for everybody listening. Yes, he said he's going to do it. Um, if anybody listening or, uh, I guess there's only one way you could be listening to this is by listening to it or is interested. Um, this uh, week, let's see the day we uh, released this on Wednesday. So. As you're listening to this right now, if you're listening to it in the morning, um, tonight, downtown San Jose, California, Cafe Stritch, me and the mighty Mike McGee have our monthly Go Go Gone show. Um, so and feel free. June 19th, in case you're in a time warp. People. Yes, yes. If you're listening to this as a um, you know a post dated, uh, it's your, your, your you missed out. Um, but yeah, that's what I got going on this week. And it should be exciting. Try to get you or Lamb, both of you, to come out to it. I'll protect you from the from the, the the street ruffians. From the bros? Yeah, from the bros. We don't allow bros. Be my protection. Yeah. Oh, don't forget oh. to wear your protection. Uh, where can they follow you online, homeboy? You're brophylactic. Um, oh, I like that one. <laughs> you should change your Twitter name to brophylactic. <laughs> And on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you don't have a Twitter. I don't have a Twitter. Well, actually, we'll actually no. I don't. No, I don't. Um, not, not sure. I was going to make a joke, but it didn't work. Um, <laughs> happens a lot to me lately. Um, yeah, Instagram is uh, the at symbol. <laughs> like a, like an eighty year old man. The yeah. at symbol. The at the A with the circle around it. Um, uh, sir. Dot. Period. You know that the. the, the, the you know the 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 uh, the uh, what's, I think you put um, at the end uh, of a sentence, right? Exactly. Um, what's what's that? What's the word? What is that? A categorize? Why is my brain going blank? Um, a uh, uh, 
question mark is it uh exclamation oh. point is it um a uh, <laughs> i'm having way too much fun waiting for you to figure it out because <laughs> my hand what is, it? what is it punctuation sorry okay yeah punctuation <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not here to help in case I know you you're not. gather that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, the punctuation, the period, you know, so sir, period, beardo, B E A R D O. And as I mentioned earlier, you can also follow at Random Badassery on Instagram, which kind of serves as a visual aid for the show yes, and a yes, public yes. notebook. And what I mean by that is uh, we might hint at stuff that's coming up. Um, mm-hmm. Because we're putting it there to remind ourselves. I, all I do now is I open the Instagram and I look for the stuff that I posted to remind me of what to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> See, it doesn't, you know, it's like being in school. Like, open book. You got your notes. It's the audiovisual department. It just helps, man. It just helps. All right, babies. Bye-bye. Peace. <laughs>